welcome to season three! If you're wondering what that weird sound was, that was me recording this intro while going down a slide. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not in the playground anymore, but I am outside, so if you hear any weird background noises, that's why. Welcome to season three of the Expat Cast. I am your host, Nicole. Welcome to anyone who's new to the show, starting with us on this episode. I'm going to be releasing an episode all by myself, all about who I am, how I came to Germany, and why I started this podcast. That'll come out in a couple weeks, but until then, the short version is I am an American living in Freiburg, Germany. I've been hosting the Expat Cast for about a year now, and I am super pumped to get into season three. I am super pumped to kick the season off with this episode with Aspen. You guys may know Aspen from her well-loved YouTube channel, Aspen Abroad. Aspen is also an American living in Germany. She lives a couple hours from me in Munich, and her videos are such an awesome mixture of helpful how-tos, things like how to navigate health insurance and pay taxes, as well as fun comparisons and observations about the German culture. I highly, highly recommend her videos. If you're not already a fan, you will be as soon as you watch just one. And I was so excited to connect with Aspen for this podcast. We really both share this core value of we are doing this in the hopes that we can all come together, form a community, and get through the struggles of expat life together and celebrate the victories. And actually, we were able to manifest that idea into reality when we recorded this episode. Aspen traveled over to Freiburg. She had never been before, and it was such a blast to get to show her my little town. It's a lot smaller than Munich, I know. Not quite as much going on but tons of beautiful, adorable little corners to explore, and we had a blast doing so. In fact, you can actually see some of what we did together on Aspen's YouTube channel, because she made a video about our weekend. I am going to link to that in the show notes, but of course, unfortunately, expat life can't just be frolicking around beautiful cities with new friends. There's also a lot of parts of it that are confusing and complicated, and that's where this podcast comes into play, so that we can dive into that nitty-gritty. Here we go. My name is Aspen. I'm originally from Hawaii and I've been living in Munich, Germany since about, well, five years this week. So technically yesterday was my good Deutsch tag. That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and what brought you over from Hawaii? No, let me phrase it in the way that all the Germans ask you, like, okay. Hawaii, what brings you to Germany? <laughs> so as I would say to all the Germans, well, let's give kind of beer of Hawaii. <laughs> Which, okay, so there's this German song and the song title is there's no beer in Hawaii. So everybody likes to make this joke because, yeah, a lot of people, they'll ask, they'll be like, well, Hawaii is paradise. It's perfect. And I think I this is sort of my opinion on the U.S. as a whole. It is great if you're there on a holiday. If you're there as a tourist, it is so much fun because Americans have this wonderful way of just living in the moment, doing what they want just for the fact that they enjoy it. It makes themselves happy. And culturally, this is something Germans, I don't think, have the... Um, the strongest natural ability to do so for them it is really nice but long term you can't live always in that holiday Hawaii in particular it's an island so island economy everything is imported even the pineapples are imported oddly huh? enough really yeah they import the pineapples from Mexico because it's a lot cheaper to get them there than to actually grow them locally anymore 
But doesn't everyone go to that pineapple farm when they visit Hawaii? Yes, but it's only for like a tourist attraction. Whoa. But the ones you buy at the store are from Mexico. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a very hard economy because you either you only can really work in tourism and there's just really no I don't know, no middle life opportunities. So if you're a kid it's really great. If you're retired it's really great. But in the middle it's sort of like, mm, what, what do I do? I tried to go live in the mainland for a bit, but I found that yeah, in the US too, in terms of just opportunities to make a better life for yourself if you come from somewhere with not a lot it's hard and limited in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. That whole upwards mobility concept seems to be a little bit more of a thing of the past (laughs) than of the present. I I tell people the American dream exists in Germany, not the U.S. anymore, because you can come here and you have basic things such as healthcare and education. And with these two building blocks, you really can do so much for your life. Whereas in the U.S., if you can't have these, you're just going to be stuck in a never-ending cycle. And one of the angles of that move and and your five years here that we kind of wanted to dig into was this question of to what extent is living abroad a version of running away from your problems, like a really elaborate way to avoid situations. This came up in my life pretty recently. I I was back in the U.S. a couple weeks ago and the last weekend that I was there, I was at an event with a bunch of friends that I've, I've had since I was like seven or eight. And we, we had a really great time, but then it ended really, really badly. And this one friend and I got into the situation where something happened that really tried our friendship and left me feeling really terrible in, in my gut. And I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about it. I didn't know how to deal with it. But at the same time, I was leaving to come back to Germany in two days. And then I don't have as much contact to people in America. So I felt like I need to deal with this circumstance right now. But I also don't know if I really want to or if I feel ready. And, and then I literally got on a plane and flew away. And I was like, man, you talk about needing space. And literally every kilometer <laughs> we flew, I just felt lighter and lighter. I felt like I could finally get some perspective. Finally, this event, this like sort of traumatic experience was further in my past and it wasn't just in my face. And I think that that made me wonder. I was like, oh, is that just because I'm like literally avoiding the situation at all costs? Or is this kind of a healthy thing? Because right now it's feeling kind of, for me, pretty good. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really, really good topic. It's something that I've actually been thinking of myself for the past uh, I guess while because I can definitely say in a sense it was I had to escape a situation because so when I was younger I lost my family all of them and I was by myself since I was around like end of 16 17 and trying to do that was just so hard in the U.S. and I came from a family that was very very poor so trying to come from that and then be by yourself and go forward it was just so so difficult and that's sort of how I came the idea to leave the U.S. because I realized that my country did not have a system in place to help somebody like me where I really wanted to better myself. I wasn't trying to get any handouts. I was trying to work hard. But in the U.S., working hard doesn't get you anything but just exhaustion. You can work and work and work, but at the end, it's a gamble. Do you get what you work for? In Germany, you do the mountains of paperwork and you do <laughs> all jump through all the loops they ask and you get something at the end. You always are guaranteed something for what you work for. In the U.S. it wasn't that. And I was like, I'm so young and this is just going to be the circle I'm trapped in my entire life if I stay here. And so that's sort of what pushed me to move abroad because I really tried and I realized that this is not, for me, a life worth living because, you know, I don't want to 
have a ton of money and I don't have these like I don't know delusions of grandeur I just want to be safe and I want to be comfortable and I want to be at a place where I can enjoy my life not wake up every morning and just feel trapped in this cloud of just well basically sadness because your life is just it's exhausting and you're by yourself you know and so for me moving abroad was sort of escaping that cycle and circle and I think in the end I mean it's really a bit of both so that was the main motivation is I wanted more from my life and I wanted my work to be worth something but then after a while I realized that once I left it was sort of escaping my problems because I can ignore them and forget them and try to start new. But the past years I've noticed is if you if you don't acknowledge and work through a problem, a trauma, it's not environmental, it's not situational, and it will follow you. And so for me, I found the past couple of years, now that I'm really settled and now that I have sort of my, my ducks in a row, the feelings and the situations, they sort of creep back because it's still a part of me. And it's still something I need to personally work through, acknowledging, get over. Changing your, your environment, your location only helps for so long. I sort of had to realize that recently that, yeah, you can do it and it will be like a quick band-aid solution. But eventually, once you're out of the transition phase, then it will resurface because it's not something you can just not look at and it'll go away. Yeah, and it sounds like for you it was almost mm-hmm. twofold. On one side, it was the circumstantial conditions of you're 16 17 suddenly alone in the world having to figure this out it just was nowhere to go and so in that sense like literally changing the circumstances by moving to Germany in this case could in many ways solve that so in that sense it's like oh okay so you did just like if you just look at the circumstances you quote-unquote fix the problem but it wasn't just circumstantial it was also like how you got into that circumstance which was uh, it sounds like a lot to deal with emotionally and that's the kind of stuff that once you're out of your like survival mode and like you said your ducks are in a line then it comes up that's that's a good phrase to put it and it really I mean for me so I moved to Europe when I was 18 and I lived in a couple different countries before Germany so I said okay where's a really good quality of life but more so the security my number one thing is I want to find somewhere where I'm safe no matter what I have if I can wake up in the morning and know that I'm safe I have a home, I can buy food, I can pay my bills, that's all I care about. In Germany, with the social system and the, the well, not social, but welfare system, we'll say, a lot of Germans, if you say social, they get really mad, so <laughs> FYI, guys, always refer to it as the welfare aspect. <laughs> but with that, it's really good because, I mean, yeah, you do have that security, but also economical Germany is really stable, so I basically did my research. And now that you're five years into the decision to pick Germany specifically mm-hmm. and settle in, it sounds like now you're sort of slowly getting to the point where the circumstantial aspect is settled, and now the stuff that caused it all is like, okay, now I actually have to address it. Yeah, definitely. So for me, I mean, I, I oh gosh, I worked so hard. My first year in Germany, I was an au pair. And then, yeah, by the fourth year, I was a consultant, which is just an incredibly huge jump up the ladder. And it was just really hard work. And I was able to say, okay, wait, stop. Be proud of yourself. But part of me was just, I constantly have this portion of myself where I'm scared because I'm used to being in this a cycle where I lack resources and I have to live paycheck to paycheck and I have to worry about these things like phenomenon of scarcity. And I realized that's that's basically what I do is I come from a place where I'm scared of not having something because sometimes you you have to go without. 
and I realized, wait, I, I have a good job now. I have a house in the city that I love and like my heart is home here. I feel safe and I have these things, but I'm still constantly scared and I'm still sort of getting these waves of panic and going, oh no, what if this happens? What if something bad happens? And sort of just, I don't know, you know, a little bit of anxiety once again. And I have to realize, but no, wait, that's that's not right. It's just, it's my issues coming back because I didn't address them because I left <laughs> and they went away for a little bit. But now that I'm stable and now that everything's smooth, they're coming back up. Yeah, it's such a weird thing because it's, uh, I think on one hand you kind of can, run away from a lot of the issues like if I think about the people who talk about they don't enjoy like the political situation in the U.S. or they don't appreciate economic circumstances or whatever it may be these things I'm like yeah I mean you kind of can run away from it like it kind of might be better other places um, depending on what your criteria for better is but then at the end of the day it's like so you can run away from your problems but also you kind of can't because behind the frustration with that thing was an experience that wasn't just based on that thing. And that's the part that follows you. Sort of the, the levels of how environmental it is. So yeah. if you say, I don't like the political climate in the U.S., you can leave and that's never really going to bother you again if you don't live in the U.S. But if it's something experience-based in your personal life, then at a, to a certain extent, it just becomes something that's inside of you that you can't leave because it's no longer just external, but now it's internal. And I think that's the thing where I never realized that this portion would follow me. I thought if I left and if it wasn't an active part of my life anymore, I'd be gone. And then it's sort of, yeah, the last years I started to realize, oh, I'm getting real scared at things that I shouldn't be scared of. And people are saying not to worry, but why, why am I still worried about it when if I write it down on paper, everything looks pretty good. But I'm still sort of panicking. I'm still like, you know what, here's my doomsday basement hoarding storage. <laughs> And it's not, it's not so relevant. It's just, yeah, it's, it's something that I ran away from and I have to acknowledge and sort through. To pull it down to a very simple example, I, I, I had about four years in my life where I, I just didn't have income coming in. So I had savings and I was pretty much living off of those. And at my lowest point, I had like one euro and 54 cents to my, to my name in, in Germany. And I was like, cool, good. This is, this is great. That was almost a year ago now. So now I've had all these months of having income that exceeds my needs, being able to pay off any bills that I accrued and actually having some extra money. And I'm like, really not handling that well. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's mine too. Yeah. That's mine too. And and I realize that's also a piece of where that panic comes from. Is I'm like, why am I panic? Because now I'm not living fully paycheck to paycheck. I do have a tiny bit of like money left over, but I don't know how to use it. I'm like, what a luxury. Like I have a couple hundred girls after my bills. And what? Why is this giving me panic that yeah. now I have something extra and I'm not like overdrawn? <laughs> You're we, just like, wait a second, it's good, but it's still bad. It's foreign. Oh. <laughs> I had a discussion with some coworkers the other day about ice cream and our favorite ice cream shops in town. And I was like, oh, well, I don't go to any of those because they cost more than a euro. And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess it is like a euro 10 or a euro 20 for like one <laughs> scoop of ice cream. But like, it's really good quality. And yeah, it sucks. It's more expensive, but it's fine. And I was like, no, I don't go there. <laughs> like, I refuse if it's not a euro or under. I'm not interested. And then they were like, so 
so what's it like in the U.S.? Like, is that, is it just, it's so much cheaper there and that's why you're like having this block? And I was like, oh God, no, like a scoop of ice cream, first off, in the U.S. doesn't exist. It starts at like two or three scoops and that two to three scoops, the cheapest option is like $5. So <laughs> it's not that at all. It's just literally my experience of not having $5 for ice cream in the U.S. only sometimes justifying one euro for ice cream in Germany. I was like, I was not going to spend that extra 20 cents because I counted my money to the 20 and 10 cent. Like it made a difference to me. And and even though now that's no longer true, I just can't turn that off. I'm still like, no, I won't do it. <laughs> oh, no, I completely get it. You're just like, now that you have these things, you're like, I don't know what to do with it. Half of you, you're like, wow, what luxury. And the second is like, oh, panic. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I think there's a discomfort in having things that you didn't have. It's suspicious. It's too good to be true. You're like, what's the catch though? Right. So that is to take it down to like the simplest example. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, I can work on that. I can like acknowledge that this is ridiculous and try to make steps to free my mind of that. But yeah, when I think about like feeling the stability and feeling the space where you can start to address the tougher, bigger, more complicated stuff, I'm torn. I mean, I have some life coach listeners or psychology background listeners, and I'd be really interested to hear what they think about this kind of thing. But I think for me, especially if I look at that recent situation, I'm like, no, if I had had to stay in Philadelphia where I was where this happened, I wouldn't have been able to get to that feeling of stability where I can think. And I don't think I would have made the best choices. Like now that I'm far away and that I've had some time and space to be free, I can look at it and say, I can disagree respectfully with this person or no, I do stand by what I said or did in that moment. And I feel like these are more solid conclusions than when I was like just faced with it sort of reactionary. And that's sort of the thing. It's there's no time for reflection. That's another luxury you have. It's more the fact that you need to get from point A to B and you need to do it now. Otherwise, things are going to fall apart because it is yes, survival mode. And so having time to breathe, having time to reflect is too much of a luxury you can't afford. And if you make one little mistake, everything is done. And I find that that's one of the things I like about living here is I I do have this security. And I know that I, I do need to take my time because everybody acknowledges this. For example, things like you have so much security as an employee here. If you're sick, you go to work, your boss tells you, go home, take a sick day because you're not helpful to us. If you're sick, you can't work as well. Whereas in the U.S., they're like, you miss a day of work, you get fired, or you you get doctor pay. And so that sort of translates to the rest of your life and personal life. It's it's just culturally what people acknowledge, that it is important to take care of yourself and to have these moments to reflect and to breathe. And that's only how you're going to move forward and do better, basically. So since we both sort of share this feeling of panic, accepting the stability that we're starting to experience, what are some things that have worked for you to feel better about it or to like lean into it, embrace it instead of just being like, I mean, to be honest, it's yeah, I'm still struggling with it right now. But what I found is so working with YouTube and sort of like helping shape this community, be part of this community of sort of the expats in Germany, but also it connects you mainly to just the Germans. And being able to meet more people and talk to more people and see the differences, it helps you feel one. I think you, you realize that, okay, you're not so much alone in this feeling. It's, it's shared. Like, we both have it. And just that alone makes me go, okay, this is normal. Because you think, okay, it's just me. I'm panicking. I'm weird. And then you know somebody else has it. So you're like, it's normal. But we both then know together it's not normal. And so you can start to just 
acknowledge what it is and how to change it because you can and it does not need to be this way. So I think for me, like I'm definitely a really socially driven person. Just talking and sharing these different stories with people, it helps me acknowledge what is okay and what is good and just remind myself that I, I don't need to feel this way. It's just like, it's just my head and my habits sort of making up conspiracy theories against my life right now. <laughs> and so it's sort of, you need that external reminder because you definitely internalize a lot and you mix it with your bias and your experience and it somehow becomes your reality. And you just sort of need like a pinch sometime to be like, get out of it. And so for me, that's helped. And with YouTube and then social media and talking to all these people and they share their stories and I start to think, wait, no, I, I'm safe. I'm actually okay because I'm making a video and I'm telling them how great this is. But then I finish the video and I'm here panicking and I'm like, wait, no, let, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. It's like you can explain to somebody else and it's okay, but you try to explain to yourself and you're like, well, still, mm, you don't be comfortable. But they should definitely be comfortable and happy. Yeah, it's and this weird like, exceptionalism wait. where you're like, it's true for everyone else, for sure. But me, not me. But not, not me. me. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, it, it's like, yeah, body dysmorphia, but life dysmorphia. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think also growing up in the U.S., there is sort of a pride in your struggles, right? It's a really common thing to have these weird one-up competitions with people where it's like, oh, I think I'm getting a cold. You think you're getting a cold? Like, I think I have mono. Like, you think you have mono? I have the flu. And like, it's this weird, people say it in a friendly way, but like, we're like struggle competing. Yeah, but it's like, you don't, you don't say it to complain. It's like a weird humor aspect where you say it. It's like, it's like you, you have to say it. You don't think it's funny. They don't think it's funny. But hey, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, exactly. You just like, but it's. <laughs> but if I really look at those habits and tendencies, it is sort of this, I'm proud, I'm showing people how hard I have it so that they then see how good I'm doing despite how hard I have that, it. The, yeah, that I think that's it. it. Yeah, it's sort of the thing where it's kind of like an aspect of just making a joke and weird American humor. But at the same time, it's sort of like, but guys, look at it. It's really cool, though. It's great. Yeah. But of course, the Germans, they're like, why is she complaining all the time? Yeah, I think I'm trying to learn to let go of the pride and the pain and the struggle, like to let go of that, to leave it behind, to just be happy, not like despite that in the mm -hmm. way that a lot of people like they like the story of like started from the bottom and worked my way up. Started like, from the bottom, now we German. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My go-to go phrase. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Just waiting. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I'm trying to like let that struggle pride aspect go and just be like, I am happy where I am. It is not the main point how I got here mm -hmm. like that doesn't need to be this like baggage that I'm just like showing people yeah I, I, that's another topic where it's a little tricky for me because I I've come to a point where sometimes I I have to tell people these stories of like my, my life and it's it's really like upsetting and like something I don't want to share but I find for people here they just they really don't understand certain aspects or concepts of these struggles because in Germany it's something where you have resources that it doesn't have to be this way. And so they really struggle to understand, but but why? But couldn't you just go and like go to the doctor if you're sick? But huh? Yeah. And you're like, well, no, I didn't have money. Yeah, but you could just still go. And you're like, no, it's not how it works in America. Yeah. And even if you know it's not that same way here, knowing and believing <laughs> seem to be different. Exactly. Because, yeah, you just don't believe that somebody would have these these things because it just doesn't make sense you're like this is sort of basic necessities or i find um in munich which 
is one of the things that sort of triggers me on an annual basis is people get suspicious when they ask why I moved here because they go, well, you don't have a German boyfriend, German husband. You don't come here for studying. And I'm like, no, I just came because for myself because I want a better life. And they get suspicious. And they go, what about your family? And I'm like, oh, I don't have a family. And then they're like, oh, no, why? You tell us now because now you're suspicious. <laughs> I find so often I have to fully explain because nobody wants to take that for an answer because they don't believe that this is how a situation could be. So it is, that's one thing where it's like, oh, I, I don't, I would prefer to run away completely and be like, no, whatever, we don't have to talk about it. But it is something where once in a while you're like, all right, here's my little bag. Let me unpack it and show you my treasures yeah. of trauma. <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, Munich is so conservative, so it's very family oriented in that aspect. And you have to be like, oh, they want to know. And then you tell them and they're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, too, this narrative of, you know, my life was so hard in the United States of America that I moved to Germany for a better life just goes so hard against what so many people have taken as mm -hmm. truth. It's just this cultural narrative and history. I mean, right, like historically, people left this part of the world and went to America to build a better life. And mm -hmm. it worked out really well for a while. That was like the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's probably really jarring for people. I can understand how people would want to not accept this as truth because they're like, but this has always been true the other way. Why are you telling me that yeah, it's not? Yeah, yeah and that's, that's the part where too is sometimes I have to get through not feeling guilty saying that because I know I had a bad situation and they say, well, what about here in the third world countries? And you're like, well, yes, there's always better. There always is worse, but... I'm just saying for me, overall, I'm proud of my accomplishments because uh, sort of on the spectrum of experiences, no matter where you are, we all can feel the same emotion in the same way. If you're, I don't know, crying in a Ferrari where I'm crying in the U-Bahn, <laughs> we're still crying and we're still feeling the same amount of upset. And I think that's valid. And that's one thing you have to consider is there's always worse and better, but the feeling is still the same no matter what place you are on that spectrum. Yeah, again, it's like the struggle Olympics. Yeah, no. <laughs> sort of accepting it for me is talking about it more because I did, so to speak, run away and it resurfaced because I bottled it up and pushed it away. And first I had a blog because I was here by myself. I didn't know German. And I had to do things like learn how to do my taxes. And five years ago, we didn't have these services that did it for you in English. The resources weren't there. I had to learn them myself, doing my taxes by myself when I just barely am learning German. It's, oh my gosh, it's yeah. so stressful. But I realized, okay, you know, maybe there's people like me and they don't have anybody, they don't have resources. So I'm going to do some blog posts and I'm going to put some information out there and maybe I can help them because all this struggling, maybe I can just use it, give it to somebody else, the resources I've created. If it just benefits me alone, like, that's a lot of work for what? <laughs> and so then I found with YouTube, I can reach a larger audience. And also that I can do sort of fun topics and talk about little silly happy things too. And as along with that being helpful is also the point where I do have to have this little bit of vulnerability. Because if my main target is helping people that are like me, I think the main aspect is I want to be a resource and show people, okay, you're not alone because I felt very alone and it was very hard being by yourself and not relating because I'd meet people that are here because they're in relationships and they, they don't know that how working doing it by yourself, you don't have that relation. And so I want to be like, if somebody is like me, they have that relation and they don't have to feel so worried and alone. So that's my main goal. And so of course, then I have to be more awesome, like, okay, 
like my life looks really good now, but that's because I struggled and I worked really hard and I felt these bad things for a while to get to the point where I am. And I still feel them, but I just look a little better now. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to have that option of being vulnerable in order for you to heal by yourself, but to also help other people. And no one's had the exact experience that you've had. But people have had similar experiences or feel similar ways at the end of the day. You know, I think on my podcast, I talk fairly often about like my struggles with being almost overconnected with people back in the US. Like I have so many people I love so dearly and I live really far away. How do I handle that? And that's going to come up naturally for me because it's the thing I deal with. But I have talked to people who have had really the opposite experience. Whatever the situation is, there are a lot of people who struggle for different reasons with that. And it's a blessing in some ways and it's a curse in others. Just the same with with every situation. And through putting that out there, you again get this layer of, oh, I'm not really alone. And you also get this layer of like, that's really healing for a lot of people to just hear that. You know, it's a lot of work on you to put it out there. So just on behalf of (laughs) the people, (laughs) thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, but... As I said, it's sort of the spectrum. So, for example, you have people back home, and that's the same, I think, emotion of feeling torn because it's difficult. You have people there for you. I don't really have people, but it's still, I think, we feel a very similar emotion. You know, it's sort of you're developing your identity and your future, and you still have bits somewhere else that you have to acknowledge, whether the fact is there's people there that are keeping that or there's a memory that's keeping that. So we feel the same. It's just the different ends of the spectrum. It's not a competition. It's not, you know, a pity party or me trying to say, oh, poor me, my life was hard and no, no, no. It's more so the fact that I want to tell people like this, this is really not great. I still struggle with it. But if you see where I am now, then you you can do it. And it is achievable, but it's important to say that achieving good things, it doesn't mean that it feels good all the time or it's easy in any way at all. I I get a lot of negative comments on social media because I've gone to a place where Now, I do have things where I can go and I can get my nails done and I I can get my hair made pretty because I've worked to sort of get this little luxury for myself. And so if somebody sees me now versus when I was younger and I didn't have these luxuries, you would see a big difference. And it's sort of like just to explain that, like appearances and how situation looks, it's always different. And to remember that don't compare. Absolutely. There's this one girl that wrote me a letter and she struggled a lot with depression and just feeling bad and she would write me these really, really wonderful letters and say like how great she thinks it is what I did and how what I've accomplished and she just is struggling and um, very upset and wishes she can have a better life and things like that. I just want to convey the most that I could understand that to the most extent. I mean, there's so many things I can get into that topic, but I won't right now. But the thing is, is, is you don't want to get trapped in the bubble and, and sort of let your bad feelings take over everything because it's very easy to slide and down that slope. I definitely fell in that hole a lot of times. And even now, I'm still struggling to not slide back in when all my problems are resurfacing and like these feelings I thought I was getting away from come back. And I have to remind myself, no, snap out of it. Just try, try to keep working forward again and acknowledge that you know what, you're going to feel like this in the future again. You're going to get out, you're going to get back in. But that's sort of life. That's how it works for people that are in your situation. But the good thing is, is you're not the only one in this situation. And as long as you can just remind yourself you're not the only one and find these resources. And even if it is listening to a podcast, listening to a vlog or or reading a blog and just seeing and being reminded that other people feel this, it's not just you. And and sometimes in situations like that, when you're so deep in it, it's 
you just keep staying in it until you're out of it. Mm-hmm. And then through repeated experiences of, oh, I can eventually and do eventually get out of it. Mm-hmm. That's power in and of itself, knowing that it is in some ways a cycle. It's a cycle and it's not going to stop. Your life is never going to be perfect. And you might feel bad now. You're going to feel better. But just know in the future you're going to feel bad again. But that's sort of the good thing that I've learned is if I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling stressed, this means I'm growing and progressing as a person. And I'm going to feel better, but I'm going to feel bad again. And that's how it should be because you can't know how good something feels unless you know how bad it feels. Your moments that are bad, they're good because then you know how good a better situation feels and you know the difference to bring it back to the most important topic ice cream um (laughs) yes of course please (laughs) the other day I had a really tough week at work and I was so used to having tough weeks and just going home because I, I couldn't buy anything to make it feel better I couldn't indulge I couldn't treat myself so after my hard week the other day I I went and I got ice cream and I think I actually ended up at a place that was zero 20 I did it I splurged. Wow. Amazing. And you know how good that ice cream tasted? Because I knew what it was like to not even be able to do that. And I knew what it was like to limit yourself when you do do that. So to have this moment of really living it up big time with my one euro 20, that meant something to me. Oh, this warms my heart so much. (laughs) So this year I was finally able to uh, get a new apartment and furnish it. But it's like, oh my gosh, guys, I have a TV in my house. And they're like, yeah, what about it? And I'm like, no, but I never, I never got to buy a TV like this before. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It connects to the internet. I can watch Netflix. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, but this is new for me. I never had it. And so like even the ice cream, I'm like, yeah. it's the same thing. Like just something you were like, I've never been able to have this before. Granted, maybe a TV's a little bit more, but still, It's still the comparison where to other people, they're like, this is a given. But for you, you're like, no, this is, I did this for me me, and I can do it now. It's crazy. And I think sometimes it's easiest to point to these physical examples of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think the same is true for emotional cycles too. Like those days where you're just feeling sunshine in your heart are amazing, but they're way more amazing because you've felt thunderstorms in your heart for so long. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think... That's such good advice and perspective that you're giving of, you know, it is a cycle. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel bad. That's the point. It's it's just a cycle. That's how it goes. You don't just have one side. You have both and they go together because they have to. On this note, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid oh. fire question round. Ha! I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Okay. Go with your gut. Got it. You Got ready? It. Yeah. 42. <laughs> done we're done and yes. that was the show yes. guys <laughs> first one what is your favorite place to shop for clothes in munich online because <laughs> shopping stresses me out i hate shopping <laughs> it's a luxury i have that i don't like <laughs> if you guys are in germany order things online zalando asos you can order everything on invoice and it comes to your home you try it on at home without bad lighting you send it back no stress it's great i love it <laughs> I am going to assume that Munich is your top favorite German city. So what's your second favorite German city? Um, I don't know. I'm very fixated on Munich. <laughs> I haven't found one yet where I'm like, oh, this is lovely too. I'm like, this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got those big hard eye emojis just for Munich. Exactly, basically. It's true love. Sorry. It's true love. What can you do? <laughs> okay, and number three. Let's imagine for a moment that when you enter Germany, 
they're like, oh, you're planning to stay here for a while? Cool. The catch is that you have to change your name to a very German sounding name if you want to stay here. What would you change your name to? Shoot, that's a good question. What are German girls called? I don't know. Brunhilde. Gisela. Oh, that's cute. That's a cute old German grandma name. I'm into it. What is it? Gisela. Gisela. That is cute. Yeah. You could rock it. I could do it. Yeah. I could do it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about all these messy, complicated situations. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy to do my first podcast. Do you want to tell people where they can find you to get more Aspen? Yeah, I mainly have my YouTube and that's called Aspen Abroad. And I do videos there just sort of comparisons between cultures and how-tos and series explaining things like, I don't know, how taxes work, how the healthcare system works and trying to make confusing German topics easy to understand, but also fun comparisons, sometimes slightly aggravated comparisons like iced coffee <laughs> in america versus germany by the way guys iced coffee in germany it's hard to get it's not americana with ice cubes they try to give you coffee with ice cream and whipped cream and they call that iced coffee and it's just okay i'll stop now not but the same thing. an idea so if you're interested in these things definitely check me out youtube aspen abroad <laughs> we will link to that in the show notes and thanks again let's go get ice cream yay thanks great <laughs> <laughs> Thanks one more time to Aspen for coming out to Freiburg, for coming on the Expat Cast. As said, the link to her vlog about the weekend is linked in my show notes. I've also put in a link there to the episode of Hidden Brain that discusses the psychology behind the phenomenon of scarcity. That theme is really relevant to the topics we talked about today, and that episode provides some wonderful further listening if you're interested in the topic. If you liked this episode, go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice and leave us a rating, review, some stars. You can also find us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast, or shoot us an email at theexpatcast at gmail.com. I'm always taking new topic suggestions, as well as on the lookout for guests to come on the show. As always, I want to thank Amy Lenke Art for my awesome, awesome logo, Gordon Eisenach for being my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram, too, at a hug from the side. Next Thursday, we will be back in your feeds for episode two of season three. I talk with the host of the Expat Repat podcast. We discuss what it is like to return to your home country after living abroad for several years. Till then, have a wonderful week. This done. Tschüss.